Beloved Church of God, beginning our service before the Lord, let us stand and affirm the promise that relates to the door of our hope. Let the resurrection of Christ reign in our bodies. Amen. Let us bow our heads in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we are grateful to your holy name for this once again privilege to be in this place that your hand has outlined for the worship of your holy name. And so allow your inheritance in the name of the blood of the covenant to be lifted to heights higher than us and to break all burden and sin that binds us. May in this place be cursed as before all the works of devil, illnesses, poverty, premature death, demonic dependencies, all forms of fears, depression, destruction, covetousness, stagnancy, ignorance. All of this, let it depart from the tents of your holy people and stand, O Lord, on the place of your rest, you and the ark of your greatness, and may your saints be clothed in your salvation, and may they rejoice before your countenance. Give us more from your Spirit, fill us with your Holy Spirit, and allow us to find your holy countenance. We thank you that this service is presented by Apostle Arkady in your divine arms, and we ask you to continue to lead it with your high and uplifted hand, Almighty God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. May you be blessed. Please be seated. The Book of Apostle Paul, Ephesians 4, 22-24 You were taught with regard to your former way of life to put off your old self, which is being corrupted by its deceitful lusts, to be made new by the spirit of your mind, and to put on the new self created by God in true righteousness and holiness. <clears throat> the right to the power to put off our former way of life so that we can clothe our bodies into a new way of life. And this is a decreeing commandment and this decreeing commandment lies at the foundation of all of the sermons of our pastor Arkady because Specifically, this thought begins from the book of Genesis to the book of Revelations. And so this book is, this a decree commandment is written in the book of Apostle Paul and presented to, to us in the series of the sermons of Apostle Arkady. We need to put three destiny impacting, commanding, and fundamental acts into practice. These are put off put off, be renewed, and put on. Fulfilling these three requirements will determine whether our salvation happens that is given to us in the format of a seed, which we need to obtain as a possession, in the format of the fruit of righteousness. We uh, remember how pastor said that God put upon his heart that we understand that everything we receive, we receive in the format of a seed and that it will be lost if the seed doesn't convert into fruit. If the justification we receive freely by grace <clears throat> in Jesus Christ will not become righteousness or the fruit of righteousness in our life and we need to always remember this because this is not a new revelation the Holy Scriptures are saturated with it the Lord gives us everything in the format of a seed he gives us the healing of our bodies also in the format of a seed you want a miracle you want something sudden you want something quick but he gives in the format of a seed and even our salvation is in the format of a seed 
apostle, the apostle writes, we are saved in hope. And different preachers interpret this differently. For one, salvation and hope, they say we don't know if we're saved or not. Others who consider themselves uh, wise say that however you live your life, there are some that are already predetermined to be saved. Whether they live a, a, a good life, a bad life, they still will be saved, and others predetermined to go to hell, regardless of the kind of life that they live. Foolish interpretations, foolish teachings. And so if I'm already predetermined to be saved, regardless of how I live my life, then why do I need to put in the effort, just like a song goes, what is behind that brink? Is it going to be a beautiful vision? Is it going to be a cliff that I fall from? <clears throat> and so our <clears throat> our heart, our spirit, is born from God. It is in His likeness. Although our words, our actions, <clears throat> our thoughts may be far from perfection. And what does this say? That the salvation we received in our spirit, it needs to, within the span of our very short lives, before we die, we need to convert the salvation into the format of resurrection. We need to bring this life into our soul and into our body. If we live until the time that the Lord will be taking His church, then, of course, the Lord will rapture, He will resurrect the dead. There are those who die, who are dead who die in the Lord, and there are those who live and die in the Lord. And so, the Lord will come and save, resurrect only those who died in the Lord while they were alive. But when a, if a person was a religious person, he died, but he never died in the, in the death of the Lord Jesus Christ. When the Lord comes, he will not resurrect such a person. Only at the time of his appearance, when he will be rapturing his church and will meet with her in the air to take the heavenly queen and bring, bring her to the Father, to show her to the Father, we need to understand who these people are. These are those who died in faith. What does it mean to die in faith? These are those who are dead who die in the Lord who carried the dying of the Lord, who died for their nation, the house of their father, and for their personal desires. And uh, also those who are alive in the day that the Lord comes, the Lord Jesus Christ, they need to have this dying of the Lord in them as well. And the Lord will take those and will meet with them. <clears throat> and so these are very important things that we need to remember, that we receive salvation in the format of a seed. And we know, we don't, feel but we confidently know that our, our spirit is saved and we need to also expand we need to bring the salvation into our soul and our body one rebellious person who let who had left our church kept questioning uh why the old man and why talking about the old man he didn't believe he had the old man in himself but at the same time, he suffered with the thoughts that he had, the words that he had, th that he spoke, that the acts that he had committed. But he continued to say, well, where is that old man? Because he continued to claim he didn't have him. And so he, it, he expresses himself in those very thoughts he suffered from the words he spoke. And the kind of tongue that he had was very sharp. And people around him uh, had a difficult time with him. He can say simple words. Uh, a simple phrase, <clears throat> but it had so much venom and so much poison. And after these words, a person had to literally recover. 
And this individual, of course, left together with the wicked and the lawless. And so relevant to this, we stopped to, to study the allegory contained in the 18th Psalm of David, where getting to know and confessing the power that is contained in the heart of David consisted of the eight names of God, allowed David to love and call upon the Lord who is worthy to be praised, and gave God the legitimate ability to use the power contained in the capabilities of his, of his names in battle against the enemies of David. Psalm 18, 1 through 3, I love you, Lord, my strength. The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge my shield and the horn of my salvation, my stronghold, I call to the Lord who is worthy of praise and I have been saved from my enemies. Let us together proclaim the words of God. Lord, you are my strength. Lord, you are my rock. Lord, you are my fortress. Lord, you are my deliverer. Lord, you are my rock in whom I take refuge. Lord, you are my shield. Lord, you are the horn of my salvation. Lord, you are my stronghold. May the Lord hear these words. May he make us worthy of these names. And may he confirm them within our heart, within our confessions, because we will continuously confess and thank God for these wonderful names. And the difference between now and later, if these names will then become our own virtue, and when we will praise God in His names, then the Lord will reveal glory just to us, but we ourselves will shine with His glory, and the greater we magnify His names, the greater He lifts up His bride. And the Church of Jesus Christ is interested to praise God more than any other, because by praising Him, they receive the part of the glory that's in Jesus Christ, that's in the Father. And so, we stop to study the name of God Lord, you are my fortress. And first we, st we studied strength and also rock. And so, magnifying the word of God within our heart, we clothe ourselves into the power of the name of God's strength. And after this, we weigh ourselves upon the scale place of righteousness and cleanse ourselves from the, all the filth of the flesh and spirit with the abilities contained in the lot of the name of God rock, to then receive the right in Jesus Christ to the access that is in the lot contained in the name of God fortress so that we can approach him. The name of God fortress used in the given prayer psalm is a component of the inherited lot of the Son of God in whom and by whom a person can approach God so that he can know God and be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven containing the oath promises of God. In Hebrew, the name of God, Fortress, is identified in Scripture as God's habitation, God's house, God's sanctuary, unapproachable light in which God dwells, the place where man gets to know God, the opportunity to be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven, the atmosphere of the success of God and joy of God, the hope of God and the trust of God. Practically, the Fortress of God is the specific place where God abides within the boundaries of which we can know God and be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven. And this place is situated in three unique realms. These are first the heights of the heavens. It's hard to conflict with that. Second, the sanctuary, and this is difficult to find on earth, a sanctuary identifying the body of Christ and the chosen by God remnant. And third, the heart of man, 
who has a humble and contrite spirit and who trembles before the preached word of God spoken by a person who is clothed into the into the authority of a father and also spoken by the helpers of this person such a person who trembles before the word of God <clears throat> there's a great deficit of such people within Christianity there is a true deficit of humility and even Baptists some 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 congregations are begin to dance and do other things that are, are uh, move their bodies in inappropriate ways Orthodox also <coughs> Catholics are, are legalizing a lot of the things that the charismatic congregations have been doing how, how what this wild bird has been doing with the Christ, with with Christianity in general and so the verb run to or approach God as your fortress consists the opportunities giving man the ability to be fertilized with the seeds of promise belonging to the door of our hope in the fruit of which God in the fruit of which God receives the legitimate ability to join to join the battle for our body so that he can destroy the stronghold of death within our body and forever thrust the old man from out of our body into hell with noise since the armor trust and foundation of the old man is the stronghold of death and so we have read more than once the Lord will do this in the fruit that is produced in our spirit every one of us need to bear Methuselah and to bear Methuselah is that testimony that Enoch received before he was taken to God before he was raptured and we have this testimony as a double measure of testimony it is the word of god and the holy spirit and confirmed by the holy spirit in our in our own heart and it's not that it's a double portion but because my wife had a dream and i did or someone else told me something but because we have the word of god and the holy spirit the word of god anointed by the holy spirit that within my heart says and i confess this information as the faith of my heart and this this verifies the fact that I have Methuselah who drives away death within my heart <clears throat> and so you can ask any church that sings maybe soon very soon we will see the Lord we're gonna see the King you can ask the question tell me about the testimony of Enoch No one will say that the testimony of Enoch is that he bore Methuselah, who drives away death. That the stronghold of death needs to be thrusted out of our body with noise into, he into hell, and not when the Lord raptures his bride, but before he appears. Because the church needs to have not just a fine and bright linen, it needs to be fine, it also needs to be bright, it needs to shine with life and resurrection. In Hebrew, the phrase to run to or to approach God as a verb means to approach the altar commence to know God enter the sanctuary of God get closer to God resort to God's help find yourself in the fortress of God be fertilized with the seeds of the kingdom of heaven grow fruit for God this means that a person approaches God therefore every time God by the means of the Holy Spirit allows man to run to or to approach him 
then the, re <clears throat> then the result of such contact always yields a corresponding fruit in the area in which we approach him. Considering this, as with the previous names of God, we need to note that the presence of the fortress of God in one area of our life does not in any way mean that it is automatically guaranteed to be present in the given name in another area, spirit, soul, or body. Since according to, this, to the statements of Scripture for the presence of the fortress of God, every individual area of our life needs to be brought to proper condition where the power of God would be able to reproduce the fruit of the fortress in this area in the form of our salvation. Therefore, it is specifically us and every individual area of our essence who are responsible for creating such an atmosphere which would be able to provide God with the legitimate ability to be our fortress. And such an atmosphere called to provide God with the legitimate ability to be our fortress is the good soil of our heart. <clears throat> One able to receive the seed of the word of God and grow fruit corresponding to the nature of the seed we have received. <clears throat> and so a good heart is a heart that receives the word of God and can grow and produce fruit to God. This means that we need to And so we need to love those who plant and we also need to love those who water as well together with the planter because we can receive the word of God but if we will not water it which for example leaders of the cell groups do in our and so we value this great blessing they're very necessary for the church so that one would water the word of God <coughs> And also anybody who speaks the word, who, who who goes through the word and teaches and reads the word, that is not our pastor but someone different, is also someone who is watering the word. <clears throat> because we have our father who plants and others who water. And, and so if we forsake any of them, then our seed will perish. That's how the Lord has done it, so we can honor the Sabbath. <clears throat> and for this purpose, just as we studied the previous names of God, called to be individual lots of our salvation, we need, to, we need to study the following series of questions. First, what characteristics and categories identify our inherited lot contained in the name of God Fortress? Second, what purpose is our inherited lot contained in the name of God Fortress called to fulfill in realizing our salvation? What price do we need to pay so that we can give God the ability to be our fortress? And fourth, by what results do we determine that God is truly our fortress in the realization of our calling? In a particular format, we already studied the essence of the first two questions, and therefore we will turn to study the, que the third question. The third question, what price do we need to pay so that our heart can become a fortress for God, which will then give God the legitimate ability to be our fortress? first component of the price for the right to approach God is providing God a fruit of righteousness consisted in the name Maher Shalal Hashbas and our pastor has shown that we cannot produce fruits of righteousness in the form of the son of Isaiah the prophet Maher Shalal Hashbas until he bears the first son Sher Jeshu who is the fruit of justification. The fruit of righteousness can only exist 
when we produce the fruit of justification. And how do we determine this? This is when we confess the fruit of our mouth, when we, when we confess the faith of our heart. And so, w with the fruit of your mouth, you'll be able to be filled with all good. And the difference between when we confess or we proclaim the state of the fruit of justification is when this confession comes from Shear Heshu, which means we proclaim who he is for us, what he's done for us, and who we are in Jesus Christ. We take off our crowns and we worship before him. We use the fruit of justification. This is Shear Heshu. And then the second form or level of proclamation is the fruit of righteousness, and this is the next name. I count myself dead to sin, living for God, and I proclaim the not-existent stronghold of life in my body as existent. Maher Shalal Hashbaz, he confronts, and so here comes the thief and the Lord, he takes from the old man, the Lord takes from the old man, he robs him. Is the Lord a thief? In this case, he is, but he, he is taking what belongs to him. And he comes in the night, and he takes what actually belongs to him. And how do you determine that it belongs to him? He will come and he will see what he wants to take, and does this, what he is taking, look like himself? And if it doesn't look like himself, then he won't need it. Because the Lord says, I know what's mine, I know my own children. For example, is it difficult for you to find your own son within the church? Of course, you'll immediately find your son. You will di you'll differentiate him, you'll find him and see, you'll know the, who he is and how to find him. And the Lord is the same way because he sees himself in us. That's very important. Second component of the price for the right to approach God consists in fulfilling the condition making our heart a fortress for the Holy Spirit, which provides the Lord Jesus the ability to seat us upon his throne called to become our fortress. And here, the place of scripture that our pastor had given, <clears throat> Jesus says, I stand at the door and knock if anyone hears my voice and opens the door and I will enter and I will dine with him and he with me. And so after, Lord, you came in, and <clears throat> I dined in, dined with you, and you with me, and I received you as Lord and Master of my life, and you will be seated with me on the throne just as I was seated, Jesus said. And this is because I responded, I opened the door to your knock, to your, to your words, and you will then allow me to sit on the throne of the Father. <clears throat> And so the, the throne is one, and the Father sits on that throne, and to be able to end up on this, this throne is possible only in Jesus Christ, who is in his Father. And so we hear the knock in our heart, he comes in, <clears throat> and this allows us then to go to heaven and receive the right to this throne in Jesus Christ, which, which is in the Father. Third component of the price for the right to approach God is refusing to consume alcoholic beverages.
here the next aspects <clears throat> uh, have to do with the priests and the high priests those who walk into God's presence who would physically walk into the temple into the sanctuary and some kind of sin would forbid them from being in his presence or would condemn them to death and it's not because they took a profane fire they took the profane fire because they were drunk they got drunk and they came in before God's face they took the profane fire before God and he told Aaron and the rest of his sons through Moses that they not drink alcohol wine or alcoholic beverages when they come into God's service so they not die this will be an eternal command for them and speaking with one person the Lord said uh, and so the gentleman was asked do you know if you're, do you believe that you're a, a king and a priest and he says yes I'm a priest I, I'm a priest before the Lord but the priests didn't have the right to drink and we are priests 24 hours a day seven days a, a year <clears throat> seven days a week 365 days a year and so the pa but this in individual that I'm referring to liked to drink and so we ca catch ourselves in our confessions the confessions of the Lord um, by and through obedience fourth component of the price for the right to approach God is having a covering on your head here we talked about every time we don't have a covering upon our head this will, will not allow us to live in the secret place or under the shadow of the Almighty <clears throat> and so we say Lord you are my fortress you are the one in whom I trust and so having this covering you can be in his secret place and you acknowledge God's authority within the church and this allows us to be in Jesus Christ this covering fifth component of component of the price for the right to approach God consists in washing your body with water and here we talked about the necessity <clears throat> before you washing your body with water <clears throat> you needed to create the bronze sea and so the bronze sea <clears throat> that the the priests bathed in and so we needed a an artist Quran Haram from Tyre and he was uh, he had a similar name to a great king of Tyre the Holy Spirit is a king and this this artist he was similar to the Holy Spirit because he was listening to the all of the revelations that the Holy Spirit revealed and we need to build ourselves into this bronze sea so we can then fill it with 2,000 baths of water and this is the Word of God and we can wash ourselves in this water this Word of God we talked that <clears throat> our pastor very recently talked about the bronze altar and also he talked about the ark <clears throat> that had the the tablets which were overlaid with gold and so our conscience is cleansed from dead works and we put the law in it it still will have in itself the state of bronze sometimes we don't correctly interpret the Word of God sometimes uh, our own personal good works we uh, we present them as if they're God's will or or 
desire, even though they came maybe from maybe from us personally. And so we don't have the right to interpret as we will or somehow, uh, as it were, play football with it a little bit left to right. And so where the commandments of God are, everything is in gold and this is not the not damaged truth, a truth that's not peddled with. And so the more truth we have in our heart, the undamaged truth, and it's desirable that this undamaged truth be... within us within our conscience and so sixth component of the price for the right to approach god consists in the ability to produce sound by the means of the gold bells that are around the hem of our outer robe that alternates with the pomegranates of blue purple and scarlet yarn and so this let us read uh where these pomegranates and bells were in scripture the lord needed to hear the sound of these gold bells exodus 20:33-35 make pomegranates of blue purple and scarlet yarn <clears throat> around the hem of the robe with gold bells between them the gold bells and the pomegranates are to alternate around the hem of the robe aaron must wear it when he ministers the sound of the bells will be heard when we when he enters the holy place before the Lord and when he comes out so that he will not die. <laughs> and so for us to walk into God's presence so that we not die, the Lord needs to hear the sound of <clears throat> these gold bells. <clears throat> but also together with these gold bells they need there were there were pomegranates and they were made of blue purple and scarlet the sound made by the golden bells that are between the pomegranates which are made of blue purple and scarlet yarn implies prayer in tongues that is made within the atmosphere of the fruit of holiness presented in the virtue of the pomegranates And so when you're asked the question, what are these golden bells and pomegranates, the golden bells and pomegranates, you will respond, this is prayer in tongues, but only one that is done within the atmosphere of holiness or the fruit of holiness. This fruit of holiness is the pomegranate and the golden bells is the speaking in tongues. And so if prayer in tongues is not done in holiness you just have bells but no pomegranates if someone just saying and saying all kinds of random things babbling in prayer that is not easily uh, put together it needs to have both it needs to have you praying in tongues as well as holiness speaking in tongues is the result of baptism of the holy spirit or the result of receiving the holy spirit in the quality and format of a guarantee Now it is God who makes both us and you stand firm in Christ. He anointed us, set his seal of ownership on us, and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit, guaranteeing what is to come. 2 Corinthians 1.21-22 And so he has given to us the Holy Spirit also as a guarantee, and salvation, everything is given as as a in the form of a seed and as a guarantee 
<clears throat> so that the Holy Spirit, who is received by us in the format of a guarantee, together with speaking in tongues, can become our possession, having become our Lord and Master of our life, it is necessary to utilize the power of tongues to separate from your nation, the house of your father, and the corrupt desires of your soul, and to imprint the elementary teaching of Christ upon the tablets of your heart. <clears throat> In this way, the Holy Spirit is converted from the status of a guarantee in our life. <clears throat> this is a, a guest, and he then becomes our master. And how do we determine he's our master? By correctly applying the baptism of the Holy Spirit. What does it mean to pray in tongues? This is, these are uh, various tongues given. <laughs> when people pray in tongues, they could be in ver many, very many languages, and it separates us from our nation, the house of our Father, and separates us from our personal desires. These are not just uh, the noises that a person will make. No, to separate, uh, that means it will separate us from some, something and someone, just like Rebecca. Rebecca received uh, the servant of Abraham as her guest, but then he became her master. When did he become her master? When they called her and asked her, will you go with him to Abraham? He has Isaac, and he said, yes, I'll go. She said, yes, I'll go, and they said, you truly are going to leave? You're going to leave your father and brother? She said, yes. Well, stay at least for the night. And he he told her them, I can't. We have to s completely separate. And Rebecca left Haran. And from this Haran, Rachel left. And Le uh, Leah from Laban. Abraham left from Haran. The word Haran is that place where the Holy Spirit, whom we received as 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 a guest, a guest meaning that he came, visited, and left. We want him to come and remain. And so, in what position is the city of Haran? Haran is separate. And so, separating, meaning my Ukrainian nation or my Russian nation or any other nation that I'm part of has separated from me. One went one way, I went the other. And then a person can say that the Holy Spirit has been, was my guest, and now he has become my master. And so people belong to different nationalities, and of course one is a, a Ukrainian one, which there are uh, people that also individuals, and uh, of course, many have good qualities, as different nations have good qualities, but we all, all need to apply the same things. The calling and purpose of tongues achieves its goals when we understand their value and their purpose and practice them in accordance with the norms implemented in Scripture. Acts 2, 2 through 4. Suddenly a, second, uh, su suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting, they saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. As it says here, again, what seemed to be tongues 
a fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. The baptism of the Holy Spirit in speaking in tongues, just as the baptism of water, is called to submerge us into the death of the Lord Jesus Christ for the purpose of eliminating our dependence upon the governance or rule of the sinful body over us, which is the way it is because of governing sin living within our body in the form of the old man. The sinful body is the body Canaan, where the Canaanite people rule. But when it becomes Israel, then it will no longer be a sinful body. It will become a godly body. Romans 6, 3 through 7. Or don't you know that all of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live in a new life. For if we have been united with him in a death like like his, we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his. For we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin might be done away with, that we should no longer be slaves to sin, because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. And so let us remember now, speaking of these bells, and so these bells is speaking in tongues, but you can do so only when you have the atmosphere of holiness. And so the fruits of holiness, meaning the pom- the pomegranates. And so what does it mean, speaking in tongues? Let's look at the definitions that Pastor gave us. Speaking in tongues is one of the many manifestations of the Holy Spirit, which is given to us for good. 1 Corinthians 12, 7-11, Now to each one the manifestation of the Spirit is given for the common good to one distinguishing between spirits, to another speaking in different kinds of tongues, and to still another the interpretation of tongues. All these are the works of one and same spirit, and he distributes them to each one just as he determines. We need to distinguish that different kinds of tongues are always speaking in tongues, but speaking in tongues is not always different kinds of tongues. And so there's when a person speaks and can hear for himself certain information or when a person is just speaking in tongues or the Lord reveals something inside of himself. When you hear a person speaking in tongues and we may be praying in the church, but another person may hear uh, in his native tongue what this this person is actually saying. It could be a German person or it could be a, any kind of person in any language that could hear it and the other person will not hear it. And so these are the different tongues, different kinds of tongues. And so different kinds of tongues is always speaking in tongues, but speaking in tongues is not always different kinds of tongues because and I may not understand what you're saying, but another may understand what you're saying. And so that difference. Speaking in tongues, we continue to study what these golden bells are speaking in tongues. This is supernatural bits, which will help us obey the heavenly rider, the interests of which we are called to represent. James 3.3, when we put bits into the mouth of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. And speaking in tongues is, of course, one of the forms of bits, when we put bits in the mouths of horses. And you cannot ride a horse, you can't ride your emotions in discipline without these bits. This is speaking in tongues as well as a gentle mouth. But here we're, of course, studying specifically 
uh, the speaking in tongues, and he. And so bits are not just to stop the horse when necessary, but also that they listen and to control their body. Gentleness and meekness, it disciplines my, my horse. And the bits, uh, they block his airway uh, for that temporary moment so that he can change his direction or, or to do as, as you desire that he does. Speaking in tongues is a supernatural rudder in the hands of the pilot, representing governance in our spirit, directing our faith where he wills it to go and not where we will it to go. James 3, 4, or take ships as an example, although they are so large and are driven by strong winds, they are steering by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Here we first saw these bits, and now we see the rudder. When using tongues, speak, uh, speaking of tongues, the Lord will direct us where He wills. Speaking in tongues is called to give rest to the weary and the burdened. Isaiah 20, 11 through 12. Very well then, with foreign lips and strange tongues, God will speak to this people, to whom He said, This is the resting place, let the weary rest, and this is the place of repose, but they would not listen. And so, this foreign lips, strange tongues, he gives us a resting place and gives the weary rest. And so sometimes, of course, a person may be tired or a person may be ill. uh, And sometimes it's difficult uh, to put words together. Uh, to get words together in prayer even. Uh, and so using uh, tongues or the ability to speak in tongues, you pray, pray, speaking, you speak in tongues, and the Lord will allow you and allow a prayer to flow, allow you to be able to, when you have maybe don't have the mood, when you don't have physical maybe strength to do it, let us remember we have the ability to speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is a law and statute implemented by God for the purpose of daily delivering us from the law of sin and death and from slavery <clears throat> to your desires and whims. Psalm 81, 3 through 6, sound the ram's horn at the new moon. To sound the ram's horn is, of course, uh, a very strong uh, sound. This is also praying in tongues. Sound the ram's horn at the new moon and when the moon is full on the day of our festival. This is a decree for Israel, an ordinance of the God of Jacob. When God went out against Egypt, he established it as a statute for Joseph. I I heard an unknown voice say, I removed the burden from their shoulders. Their hands were set free from the baskets. Speaking in tongues is the supernatural ability to praise God, not to roar at God just as charismatic. Uh, in these congregations, they do these things. I saw a leader uh, uh, who was actually rapping and they use other languages like the African languages and other languages where they roar and actually curse the nation of the people in the, in the, in the church with the words that they state. Uh, when they rap the words that they do, 
and they manipulate them so that they can curse the people. Speaking in tongues, again, is a supernatural ability to praise God and not to roar at God. Acts 10, 44-46 While Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. They were in shock, for they heard them speaking in tongues and praising God. Not they. Sometimes the people scream at God and roar at God. Uh, we have uh, a drum set, and, but we have a very thick piece of glass that's <clears throat> that covers up that room, uh, so that there's some control in how much sound is giving. It is giving out. But rock musicians, they don't consider the people. They physically actually do th disgusting things and terrible things in the presence of the people. <clears throat> and then the city uh, sues them, the, the country sues them. Why? Because during rock concerts, all the fish uh, in the nearby area uh, perish and all go with belly, belly upward in the lakes. <clears throat> and after these people leave uh, these concerts, they uh, have mass suicides and mass rapes that occur. <clears throat> Speaking in tongues is edifying yourself. 1 Corinthians 14, 4 through 5. Anyone who speaks in a tongue edifies themselves, but the one who prophesies edifies the church. I would like every one of you to speak in tongues. Speaking in tongues is the ability to produce the fruit of righteousness within your spirit. 1 Corinthians 14, 14 through 15. For if I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays, but my mind is unfruitful. So what shall I do? My mind is unfruitful, Lord, what do I do? I will pray with my spirit, but I will also pray with my understanding. I will sing with my spirit, but I will also sing with my understanding. And so <clears throat> it's important to ha pray in both because if we're praying in tongues for a long time, 10, 20, 30 minutes, our mind begins to go to the side and uh, we need, so we need to engage both. We need to engage both and practice both. And so we need to continually be in the tabernacle and use and practice this with our mind as well as in tongues as well. Because what happens is I will pray more than 10 minutes in tongues if I don't practice both then the mind starts thinking about business and other things and so then you begin you have to then correct your way and and remember that you're in the in the sanctuary and not at work speaking in tongues is the full armor of God given to us for the purpose of confronting the powers of darkness Ephesians 6 11, 18 Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes and pray in the Spirit in all occasions with all, kind, all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all the Lord's people. And so now Apostle Arkady says, And now pay special attention. All these purposes and results are legitimate only in those people who by being instructed in faith receive the Holy Spirit into their three-dimensional essence as their Lord, which is why they receive the ability to be filled with the Holy Spirit and be led by the Holy Spirit, Romans 8.26.
We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. The Holy Spirit can be an intercessor for us with wordless groans upon one condition if we receive him into our heart upon the conditions of Scripture as the Lord and Master of our life. And for the Holy Spirit to abide in our three-dimensional essence, it is necessary that the order of God be present within our heart in the form of the elementary teaching of Christ, creating the atmosphere of the kingdom of heaven within our heart. And to imprint the elementary teaching of Christ upon the tablets of our heart, it is necessary to cleanse your heart by being instructed in faith from dead works by rejecting and denying your nation, the house of your father, and your corrupt desires. And now... This is where we see Haran. Patrick, speaking of the Holy Spirit, he he spoke of Haran, where it says, I separate one to the left, one to the right. And so, at this point of separation, you need to cleanse your spirit and soul from the filth of the flesh and spirit, filth of, uh, from the filth that's in there, filth of the flesh and flesh, filth of the spirit, so that the Holy Spirit can be Lord and Master of my life. This is determined by having the thummim in our heart, the teaching of Jesus Christ, and it's not possible. You can't receive into your heart the teaching of the Lord Jesus Christ if we not once have made a choice, being in Haran, that I, I have left my desires, my nation, and my father's house. Because you need to make the decision that you're going to your Lord Jesus and to your groom. We can conclude that people that are not able to receive the Holy Spirit as the Lord and Master of their life due to their spiritual infancy and carnal state, although they are baptized by the Holy Spirit in speaking in tongues, they do not comprehend true holiness and do not have the fruit of holiness. In other words, they just have the golden bells and only the golden bells but no pomegranates, so they speak in tongues, but they don't have the fruit of holiness. Due to this, such a category of people that are attracted by various winds of doctrine, by the cunning craftiness of deception, are not able to be kings and priests to God, therefore they are not able to run to the fortress of God, nor do they have any need to do so. The golden bells that are around the hem of our holy robe, between the pomegranates that sound during worship in the sanctuary of God, is a symbol of the anointed by God person who has a gentle or meek mouth representing the authority of God and the interests of God in service to God. What a wonderful identification of a person who prays in tongues uh, and has the element of holiness. Therefore, speaking in tongues without the fruit of holiness are idle words that are not confirmed by the fruit of a gentle or meek mouth, which will be incriminated to us as sorcery and witchcraft. 1 Corinthians 13, 1-7 Though I speak with tongues of men of, and of angels, that is, in tongues, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. I just have noise and I have sound and but I have no pomegranates, I have no fruit of holiness. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains but have not love, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned but have not love, it profits me nothing. Love suffers long and is kind. Love does not envy, love does not parade itself, is not puffed up. 
does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, it's not provoked, thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth, bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. And so is it possible to say after these words uh, that you don't know what love is? Here's the definition of love. Not having these things, then you will just be a sounding brass. Summing up the given component of the price, we conclude that if we do not comprehend the condition of absolute sanctification, pursuing the goal of absolute dedication, then we cannot have holy robes. And as a result, we cannot have golden bells that alternate between the pomegranates on the hem of the robe that we don't actually have. No hem, there's no priest, there's no priest, there's no hem. Therefore, if we are in such a state, we think that we approach God, then we need to seriously think about whether our personal intellect or any kind of demonic spirits of deception are actually our God, whom we are merely calling Holy Spirit. And so that is the sixth component of the price. It is necessary to have this ability to speak in tongues in the fruit of holiness. Seventh component of the price for the right to approach God consists in bringing sweet incense into the presence of God. Here, Pastor Kadi again and again offers us to remember what a priest needed so that he can come into God's presence. He needed to be sober, his body needed to be washed, he needed to have these gold bells in, on him, and he needs to have this fragrant incense, the sweet incense with which he came in with to God. Leviticus 16, 12, 13. Then he shall take a censer full of burning coals of fire from the altar before the Lord, this is Aaron, with his hands full of sweet incense beaten fine and bring it into inside the veil. And he shall put the incense on the fire before the Lord that the cloud of incense may cover the mercy seat that is on the testimony, lest he die. And everywhere, lest he die, lest he die. And so every time we come to God, we approach God. If we don't come to Him in proper order, then our prayer dies. And the reason is our prayer is just killed. In the past, the, the priests themselves would pass perish if they didn't come appropriately. To grasp the given component of the, of the price for the right to approach God, it will be necessary at least briefly to study what in our multidimensional essence is the golden altar of incense, because without it, the golden censer for sweet incense loses its purpose and cannot be for us a legitimate right to walk into the presence of the Most High and to approach the Almighty as our fortress. And so we see that the golden censer with which the priest would come in to God's presence, it is linked to the golden altar that stood right before the Holy of Holies. There was the the veil or the curtain and right before entering that entering in to the Holy of Holies. And so the censer was the one that you can bring inside the Holy of Holies and out in the courtyard and also outside of that as well. And so our sensor, the sensor is our prayer, but the sensor needs to be connected to the golden altar of incense. What is the golden sensor? What is the finely beaten incense? So we understand 
what all of these things are. Let us look at, or let's identify them. Exodus 31 through 10. You shall make an altar to burn incense on you. You shall make it of acacia wood. A cubit shall be its length and a cubit its width. It shall be square and two cubits shall be its height. Its horns shall be of one piece with it. And you shall overlay its tops, its sides all around, and its horns with pure gold. And you shall make it for a molding of a gold all around. Two gold rings you shall make for it under the molding on both its sides. You shall place them on its two sides, and they will be holders for the poles with which to bear it. You shall make the poles of acacia wood and overlay them with gold, and you shall put it before the veil that is before the Ark of the Covenant, before the mercy seat that is over the testimony where I will meet with you. Aaron shall burn on it sweet incense every morning when he tends the lamps. He shall burn incense on it. That is, you, you place this substance upon the, the, the burning coals. It, it was an open fire. It was a, a burning coal. And so... In the court, outer courtyard, you need to actually burn the offering that you would bring. And so when you would come into the Holy of Holies, you need to bring the incense and the coals that were taken from the altar. And when Aaron uh, lights the lamps at twilight, you sh he shall burn incense on it, a perpetual incense before the Lord through your generations. You shall not offer strange incense on it. And so this incense... Uh, was in the censer, and he a person, a priest would walk walk with the censer, and he would is able to access multiple rooms or areas with it. You shall not offer strange incense on it, or a or a burnt offering, or a grain offering. You shall not. You shall pour a drink, nor shall you pour a drink offering on it. And Aaron shall make atonement upon its horns once a year with the blood of the sin offering of atonement once a year he shall make atonement upon it throughout your generations it is most holy to the Lord acacia wood is what it was made of it is Egyptian acacia gladicia and so we will look at what qualities we need to have that's in this gladicia and so these are the qualities shown. Because the altar of incense was made of acacia wood, we conclude that acacia wood represents, within the multidimensional essence of man, a symbol of justification which he received when he accepted his salvation in the moment of his birth from the seed of the word of truth. And so the justification, this uh, gladicia wood, was then also overlaid with gold. It's justification and then overlaid with this gold. <clears throat> Acacia gladitia is a quite a large tree that does not fear drought. It's speaking of you. It's your quality. It grows. This acacia grows well in deserts and salty soils. There where all other kinds perish. There were all, a lot of other Christians perish, in other words, in God's presence, where there's salt, where there's drought, because I will lure them into the wilderness and will give, uh, speak to, and give to her there. And so you need to be like this, acacia. It, and so, Gladicia does not fear any pests, and they do not get sick. 
In addition, they are a soil-improving breed of tree. And so its fruits fall and actually fertilize the soil and it nourishes its very own roots. And so when we produce fruit, the confessions of our mouth, we practically fertilize this uh, tree, this acacia tree. We look to the to the roots. We look at what the Lord has done for us, where all of this started. We don't just look at we don't look at our achievements or our or or our status, but we look to the root. We look to the beginning, and we continue to because everything needs to fall back onto the root system. Uh, because you then take off your crown and you say, Lord, you are worthy, and you'd redeemed us with your blood, and we will rule with you on earth. What does this say? That they have this acacia gladitia. They are looking to the root. And when you produce fruit, this immediately turns into fertilizer to further improve the root system. The tree predominantly grows vertically and the trunk remains slender, covered with a grayish brown bark. The trees from top to bottom are covered with a multitude of sharp thorns. You see what a Christian needs to be. And not just the branches, but also the trunks. Birds never weave their nests on them because it's very thorny. All these thoughts, suspicions, evil suspicions. If a person received justification freely, correctly, he will not have these evil suspicions about others. How do you determine whether you have this Egyptian gladitia, this acacia? Would, do we get upset? Do we have evil suspicions? Well, the brother passed me, didn't look at me the way he should, didn't greet me the way he should. And so we need to have this Egyptian acacia. The trees, the gladicia wood is sufficiently durable and reflects a beautiful design. This is why they mainly use it to make furniture and other other items for everyday home living. And the Lord required this very wood uh, to make the golden altar of incense. Now let's look at look at the measurements. The length and width of the altar of incense was one cubit. In Hebrew, a cubit is part of a hand. The length measure an item driving away wrath a hinge upon which a door hangs and moves. This is justice of the law, standing guard of holiness. Therefore, the width and length of the altar of incense of one cubit is the ability to measure yourself and whether you are dependent upon the law of Moses within your three-dimensional essence. Do I in myself have this length in one cubit? This is when we judge ourselves and not another. Like during the time of communion that we warn our we are warned not to judge another but judge ourselves so that we not be condemned the Lord punishes us because we he loves us but the reason he punishes us also is because we don't we don't condemn ourselves we don't judge ourselves we don't judge ourselves and so he is then needing to do this the Holy Spirit will show uh, when you have committed a dead work where we need to cleanse these dead ourselves from these dead works and you judge yourself, you examine yourself whether you de- you are dependent upon the law of Moses 
And so the four horns that came from the built altar of incense is a symbol of power of the elementary teaching of Christ functioning within our three-dimensional essence in the four base teachings with each of the teachings split into three more. In scripture, the symbol of the horn is the supernatural power of the Holy Spirit, about which it says, But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. You shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. Acts 1.8 And so our fruit needs to have these four horns, the elementary teaching of Christ, and you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. Why do you need this power? Psalm 92, 9 through, through 11. For behold, your enemies, O Lord, for behold, your enemies shall perish. All the workers of iniquity shall be scattered. But my horn you, you have exalted like a wild ox. I have been anointed with fresh oil. My eyes also have seen my desire on my enemies. My ears hear my desire on the wicked who rise up against me. And so all the wicked, like the old man, needs to be broken. And the two gold rings made of acacia wood, which were required to be able to carry the altar of incense, is, sim- is a symbol of our dependence upon the thummim in the form of the elementary tw- truth of Christ and the urim in the form of the Holy Spirit revealing the truth within our heart. And so we see here how the Lord moves the golden altar of incense around with the word of God and Holy Spirit. The gold that was used to overlay the altar of incense, its horns and its rings which were used by the priests, the sons of Aaron to carry the altar is a symbol of justification that has converted in our three-dimensional essence into the virtue of grace that reigns through righteousness of faith and working in the love of Christ. And so the virtue of grace that reigns through the righteousness of faith working in the love of Christ. And so we receive the grace of God. It needs to reign. When we receive it, it needs to reign. And it needs to reign through righteousness only. In the fruit of justification, we receive justification. But the fruit of righteousness is that justification we received freely by grace. It, this grace then begins to reign. Romans 5.21, so that as sin reigned in death, even so grace might reign through righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Grace does not reign through justification. It reigns through righteousness, the fruits of righteousness to eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The molding of gold that was placed upon the altar of incense and was a part of the main body of the altar is an image where in our three-dimensional essence the throne of David is established and it is from the position of this throne that we are called to rule over our calling. <clears throat> and so our throne, when we cleanse our conscience from dead works, we place our, our throne, we renew our mind, we place our throne and we have a meek and gentle mouth and proclaim the word. This is also where we establish a throne. The symbol of Aaron in our three-dimensional essence is our new person, the symbol of the sons of Aaron who carried the altar of incense within our three-dimensional essence are the grown-in-our-spirit fruits of righteousness. And so the Lord sees our spirit, our new person, as Aaron and the one who comes with the sons Aaron. The four golden rings were where you place the 
the two poles made of acacia wood overlaid with gold to carry the altar of incense is a symbol of the statutes of the Lord upon the basis of which we are called to be led by the Holy Spirit within the boundaries of the commandments of the Lord. And so the four golden rings where these two poles were placed because it was squared and so the two, ring, the two rings on each side, the poles would be put in and the high priest could then carry this altar around. These are the statutes of the Lord, commandments of the Lord. The golden censer and so the golden censer was once a year on the day of purification was brought to the outer yard by the high priest to be filled with burning coals taken from the bronze altar of burnt offering and after together with the blood of goats which was brought as a burnt offering was brought into the holy of holies where they poured the fragrant finely beaten incense upon the burning coals and a cloud covered the lid of the golden ark at the same time the golden ark altar of incense upon which incense was burned daily both in the morning and evening always and without change was always in its place before the entrance of the Holy of Holies. And so again, uh, the golden censer was able to be moved around, but the altar itself, it remained in its place for unless uh, they were moving the entire thing, before uh, the entire tabernacle. Before using the golden censer for burning incense in the Holy of Holies, it was necessary to sprinkle the golden altar of incense with the blood of the goats that was offered for the cleansing of the altar and after burn fragrance incense upon it. The golden altar of incense representing the inner state of a warrior in prayer. At the sa t same time, the golden censer demonstrates the state in the confession of his, of his mouth. And so again, the golden altar of incense represents the inner state of a warrior in prayer. At the same time, the golden censer demonstrates the state in the confessions of his mouth. And so the Lord, when we pray, when we confess the word of God, the Lord wants us to utilize the golden altar of incense so that it not die. People continue to pray in tongues but it's important that this altar that is holy, that it continue to burn. And so, and so the altar that was outside, that was the one, the bronze altar that was in the outer yard, it was first burned and it did have a flame of fire. From that, they also took the coals incense that needed to be burned upon the altar of incense and in the golden censer Exodus 30 34 through 38 and the Lord said to Moses take sweet spices stacte and onica and galbamon and pure frankincense with these sweet spices there shall be equal amounts of each you shall make of these an incense a compound according to the art of the perfumer salted pure and holy and you shall beat some of it very fine and put some of it before the testimony in the tabernacle of meeting where I will meet with you it shall be most holy to you but as for the incense which you shall make you shall not make any for yourself according to its composition it shall be to you holy for the Lord whoever makes any like it to smell it he shall be cut off from his people Exodus 30 34 through 38 Apostle Paul identifying incense as 
as the three-dimensional essence of a man said, for we are not as so many peddling the word of God, but as, but as of sincerity, but as from God we speak in the sight of God in Christ. 2 Corinthians 2.17 And so who is a fragrance of Christ is one who does not peddle with the word of God. Therefore, the four components of incense symbolize the state of the human heart, containing a combination of four individual truths and the one abiding in unity with these four individual truths, which are doctrine of baptisms, doctrine of laying of hands, laying on of hands, doctrine of the resurrection, and doctrine of the, of the eternal judgment. And so we thank God that we have this fragrant aroma, this frag- fragrant incense. And so the burning coals taken from the altar, allowing uh, then the altar as well as the censer to burn these coals, allowing it to burn. This is the Holy Spirit abiding in the temple of our body as the Lord and Master of our life. And so what are these burning coals? This is the Holy Spirit within us, but as the Lord and Master of our life. And so the burning coals, again, that are taken from the bronze altar of burnt offering, allowing the fragrant incense both upon the golden altar of incense as well as the golden censer to convert into a fragrant cloud of incense, This symbolizes, again, the Holy Spirit abiding in the temple of our body and the status of the Lord and Master of our life. And if all of these three are burning, then the Holy Spirit is present in man and a person can be led by the Holy Spirit. The symbol of burning fragrance or the burning incense within our three-dimensional essence, which could be a fortress for God to give God the legitimate grounds to make himself our fortress is our ability to not peddle or damage the word of God as so many, but to preach the word sincerely as from God before God in Christ. Burning incense, these are the prayers of the saints filled with the fire of the Holy Spirit coming from their heart and ascending to God from the golden altar of incense, representing their inner motives, which reveal themselves in the confession of the rod of their lips in the burning incense of the golden censer, making itself known in their pure mouth or their pure tongue. And so the burning incense, it is upon the golden altar and also in the golden censer. The confessions of our pure lips. The purpose of the golden censer to be the middleman between the reasonable aspect of our new man and the reasonable aspect of our soul, renewed by the spirit of our mind. And so the golden center is like the symbiosis of our intuition, demonstrating itself in a prayer of faith made with pure lips. And so the golden center is when our reasonable aspect of our soul, renewed by the spirit of our mind, This is how the Lord can determine whether we have this golden censer. At the same time, the golden altar of incense represents the motives of our heart, confessing with pure lips, which in combination with the burning incense of the golden censer gives us the legitimate right to approach God to fulfill His will in our calling, which consists of adopting our body by the redemption of Christ so that we can become carriers of the heavenly body. And so this is what our pastor had offered to us, and it was necessary to see this golden censer, this golden altar, by which the Lord will allow us to approach Him. We need to confess the Word of God and 
to confess it, we need to have the atmosphere of the Holy Spirit. Right now, let us confess Psalm 91. Please proclaim together with me. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress. My God is, is my trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler and from the perilous pestilence. He shall cover you with His feathers, and under His wings He shall take refuge. His truth shall be your shield and buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor of the arrow that flies by day, nor of the pestilence that walks in darkness, nor of the destruction that lays waste at noonday. A thousand shall may fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come, ne come near you. Only with your eyes shall you look and see the reward of the wicked, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In your hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. You shall tread upon the lion and the cobra. The young lion and the serpent you shall trample underfoot, because he has set his love upon me. Therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high, because he has known my name. He shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him with long life. I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Amen. Let us pray and thank God for the word that we have heard and have within our hearts. May you be blessed in your prayers. Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you for the right to approach you upon the place that you have placed a remembrance for your name. We thank you, Lord, that we can walk into your godly presence so that we can be fertilized with your words, with your seeds, with the revelation that you give to us that we heard today. And thank you, Lord, to receive this word, to obey this word, the word that was once planted by your, by your messenger. Allow us by abiding in this word and meditating upon this word, confessing this word, to grow it so that you can receive the right and the fruit of that promise that was received into our heart to drive away death from our essence. Thank you, Lord, for this great testimony that we have within our spirit today. Thank you for this promise that drives away death. And we worship before you and we glorify you for your death and your resurrection. We thank you for the justification we receive freely by grace in Jesus Christ. Thank you, Lord, that you saved our spirit, that you continue to save our soul today. When we renew our soul with the spirit of our mind, we abide in your word. We penetrate into your word. We meditate about this. We renew our mind so that you can receive, give us the right to 
be clothed into our new person that is created in accordance to God into righteousness and holiness. We thank you, Lord, for these wonderful and great abilities and powers. We come into your godly presence, washing our bodies with pure water because we made the decision to confidently hold fast the con- confession of our hope without wavering. We will continue to wash ourselves in your word and being bathed in your word, we will hold on confidently the confession of our hope, the hope in in your word, hope in your truth. And we thank you, Lord, that today you have allowed us to create within our heart the bronze sea that has water, has the truth, has revelations by the means of which we can wash ourselves. Allow us to not peddle with your truth. We receive your word and this truth and allow us to keep it in an undamaged way. You said that we not form these stones in any way or polish them or or adjust them in any way that they be as they are as they're found in their original form. We receive the truth just as it is and we don't try to fix or correct it and we construct this altar before your face. Thank you for the privilege that you've allowed us to enter into the narrow gate and walking this path, this free path and be delivered from this burden and weight to be delivered and free from all fears and depressions and suspicions and offenses and be free in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, that today we have a covering upon our head and you have allowed us today, Lord, to be under the covering of the the Almighty and be under the shadow of the Almighty in in your hidden place. So we can say that, Lord, you are our stronghold and our strength and the one in whom we trust. We trust upon you because you are our fortress and you have become this for us and you've allowed us to run into your godly presence. We thank you, Lord, that today we can be within the atmosphere of your holiness. And today this atmosphere was created not by us, but by the Holy Spirit, who is the burning fire within our heart. We thank you, Lord, that at the time of being born again, you lit up this fire, and today, This fire is upon the bronze altar where we thank God for what He's done for us. Where we thank you, Father, for who we are in Jesus Christ. We thank you, Lord, for this bronze altar. But we today, by the power of the Holy Spirit and revelations that you've put upon the heart of our pastor, we're, we're able to move forward and stand before the golden altar of incense where you have allowed us to become this incense, where you allow us not to peddle with the truth, damage the truth, but receive it in an undamaged way, where you have allowed us to become this fragrance, this incense, so that our prayers correspond to your words, that they are, they correspond to your holiness. Thank you, Lord, that today we can be intercessors for our bodies, as well as for the body of of Jesus Christ for the saints intercessing for our body we pray 
that you allow us to share this great destiny with the chosen by you remnant which you will show at the door of your hope when the stronghold of death the old man will be thrusted out with noise into hell and in its place the stronghold of life will be erected and we receive this celebration and we today intercess for our bodies and we proclaim the deliverance of our bodies and we thank you for your body that you have given and we pray Lord for those that are not here today that are in need of your godly healing your words say that the Son of Righteousness will rise and healing in its rays you wanted the healing that we want to receive and that we are in need of that it be within within the rays of your righteousness and so we bless the saints we bless the saints so that they would can continue to produce fruits of righteousness so that they can establish the fruits of justification because in the fruits of justification and fruits of righteousness you have concealed your healing for our body may the son of righteousness rise and healing in its rays for our bodies for the bodies of your people for your inheritance you can heal in the blink of an eye you can uh, use the supernatural gifts of the Holy Spirit but you want to grow fruit within us and you want to show the benefits of healing in this form the power of your promises you want to lift up these promises and have them shown upon our skies within us so that in us in our upon our skies we receive everything needed for spirit soul and body we pray Lord for our pastor brother Akadi who is in need today of our prayers we pray for him we pray for him Lord because we also are in need of him we thank you for the word that we were able to to receive and uh, confirm in the service we pray Lord that your mercy be come speedily so that we can see each other sooner so that we would have the mutual joy and mutual comfort we pray Lord that the person whom you've allowed to be your lips and be inspired by the Holy Spirit that he can come back again and come back sooner and reveal to us revelations that are in his spirit and we will receive the word that we hear from him and the word that we abide in today in humility and in absolute fear and trembling before you we pray Lord we pray for your mercy we pray for the service for the atmosphere of of love that is present we pray Lord that you allow us in the future also to confess your word in the atmosphere of your holiness in the atmosphere of your truth atmosphere of your righteousness and we worship before your great God Son and Holy Spirit Amen our Father in heaven hallowed be your name your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors and do not lead us into temptation but deliver us from the evil one for yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen and let's finish with our manifestation now to him who is able 
to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of his glory with exceeding joy to God our Savior who alone is wise be glory and majesty dominion and power both now and forever amen <laughs> 